Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. <laughs> uh, no gators yet, though. Throwback. Oh, I love it. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, February 16th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky, Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can, ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. <laughs> oh, and the Ben Jarofsky show is just getting started. <laughs> It is Wednesday, February 16th, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson and, making a return, SCIU Healthcare's Jackie Algie. And now your host... Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this No Comment Wednesday, and here's why. Because I got no comment. That's why. All right, let me back up. That's the sound of the truck backing up. Uh, as everyone knows who listens to this show and reads my beloved bright one, the Chicago Reader and the Chicago Sun-Times. Actually, if you read the Sun-Times, I don't think this has been in the Reader. Uh, my beloved Chicago Reader, I think Monroe is just weighing in, but we want him to turn off that sound so it doesn't uh, echo. Uh, my beloved Reader, is in the, it's sort of a very difficult time right now. There's negotiations going on about transferring uh, the control of the Reader from a for-profit entity to a not-for-profit entity. And it's broken out in the newspapers. Uh, that there's a little turbulence uh, in the handoff, to put it mildly, and I'm speaking euphemistically. Why am I speaking euphemistically? Why is the guy that usually has so much to say about every single freaking topic, even if he doesn't know anything about that topic, he'll talk about that topic? Why am I suddenly being so euphemistic? I'll tell you why, ladies and gentlemen. I want this transfer to occur, and I want both sides to find some kind of middle ground that they can agree on. And come together. And I don't want to say anything that might disrupt or disturb that. And potentially, possibly hurt my beloved Chicago Reader, a publication I have worked for since the 80s, ladies and gentlemen. The 1980s. That's a long time ago. My next guest, Monroe Anderson, was just a wee lad in the 1980s. Right. (laughs) So I got no comment. I don't want to say something stupid. (laughs) Not that I say anything stupid ever, but you know, you know how it goes. You get in the middle of something and you say the wrong thing and then you mess it all up. So I don't want to say anything. So people, it's interesting when the shoe is now on the other foot. Reporters are calling me my whole life. I've called other people for comment to come on my show. Now, Monroe, I'm seeing what it's like. 
to be the quarry. Oh my right. goodness! You so should hear the, how they the, sweep the hunter instead of the hunter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the hunter got the game. A great song. Right. Like, um, we should see how they do it. Monroe has been big fan of yours and have been for years. Really love your stuff. Uh, could you come on my show and talk about it? To which I go, name one column I've ever written. Go. And there they have it, have it, have it. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just See, gonna, you know, I, 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 as somebody who's been both a columnist and a TV host. Yes. Uh, I found that TV was that way where people would come up to me and tell me how much they liked seeing my show, trying to ask them which one. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. had a great look on the because t- TV is so ephemeral. It just, whatever was done just disappears unless it's really something big. Whereas with the column, people could say, well, I, I've wanted to, they wanted to argue with me about something. I said, either, either that or agree with me. Yeah. I got more of that with the column, which is why I liked being a columnist more than I did a TV host. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I didn't dislike a TV host. You were, I mean, that was a big thing for you to be that TV host that really elevated you. Yes. Uh, I, I, I prefer, I don't know. I, I, I it's you're really, there's stuff. I mean, yeah, you're, I, you're super podcaster. Sorry. Yeah, podcaster. I love being a podcaster. I got to admit, uh, which is why it's so rare that I have no comment on something. You know what I'm saying? Because as a podcaster, like folks, you got to know this every day before we do this show, Monroe and I talk about what we're going to talk about. And I've never had Monroe Anderson say to me on any subject, I won't talk about that because of X, Y, Z. But to your interested party, it would be a conflict of interest. That is correct. About this, yes, and I could, so and I don't want to screw it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really don't, guys. Yeah. You know, so and I gotta, yeah. So I'm just not gonna have a comment. Yes, yeah, right, exactly. The less I say, the better. But everybody, come and sweet talk. You know, and, and you've criticized lots of politicians for this, so you should have this down to an art. Where, well. Um, I can't talk about this. <laughs> I have to just repeat what they told you, and you're done. No, if I've, if, well, okay. If I were going to handle this the way, let's say, uh, Tony Preckwinkle, Cook yes. County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, handles a question she doesn't want to answer, simply talk about something else. So yeah. the person, what about the reader? Uh, well, what I think about the Chicago Bears defense uh, questioner is that they need help on the uh, defensive line. But 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 that was not what I asked you. I'm sorry, I answered the question already. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. Um, let's move ahead to what I want to talk about with you. And uh, I woke up this morning. Uh, this is going to require Dennis to do some great uh, production work. Uh, he's ready to do it. And... Um, so first, before I get started, have you, you've heard this already? The clip. Did you get a chance to listen to it, Monroe? I can open it. I don't have Instagram. Oh, whoa! Yeah. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Oh, Jaroski's moment to feel like a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Pretty, yeah! pretty soon it'll be TikToking. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so. I do. Years and the- <laughs> I, I have a confession to make. I do uh, like Instagram. Yes, I made that confession. I don't like Twitter, and um, I really don't like Facebook at all. 
Yeah, but I do like Instagram, and I realize everybody's got their own thing when it comes to social media. Well, so I do yes, like Instagram. I, I mean, I just haven't been. I thought it was for for visual folks only, so I felt no need to to do it. Why do I like? That's a great question. I think it's just the way the format of it, uh, and it just lends itself to hearing clips. Uh, and the people I follow um, have interesting things to say. My, I'm a huge fan. I've told you this many times. D.L. Hewley, the great comic, his Instagram page, which I'm pretty much sure he does not uh, handle because it, there's constant up, updates on it. And he's always putting clips on. And then listen, reading his viewers' responses is enlightening stuff, Monroe. So I, anyway, I, I just think, I think it's the immediacy of it that I enjoy. But... Um, uh, so in the in the ease, it's so easy for an old timer to use. So anyway, yeah. DL, DL Hewley's clip today uh, was an excerpt from a talk show, a sports talk show that ran, I don't know when, maybe yesterday, that featured uh, an old friend of mine, Kevin Blackstone, and Kevin uh, and I worked at the Reporter back in the early '80s, and we became instant friends. We're roughly the same age. He always likes says, I'm a little younger than you've been. Anyway, uh, he's a little younger than me. And uh, so he has gone on and become a big star in uh, sports uh, broadcast, excuse me, sports reporting. Uh, and he's a regular on, all, on various sports shows on ESPN, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and they asked him about the, uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. And the, the, from the startup of the question, you think that it was all going to be really positive, what Kevin would have to say. But he took it in a different direction. Just so folks who, who may not know what was on the halftime show, they had, what was it, five rappers? Yeah. Five, was five, it? Five, yeah, five legends. Five legends five of hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, this was uh, the exchange. This was Kevin Blackstone's response. So, Monroe, listen to it while Dennis plays it. Take it away, D. One second. I think you got a. Let's see here. I got Instagram pulled up. Hang tight with me here. Hey, Monroe, how you been, buddy? Okay, Dennis. <laughs> That's okay. We could edit this out. <laughs> or we could just keep no, it in. Am that I might speaking, be fun. Am I speaking to Dennis? Just edit it out? No, 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 no. I don't, you know, it could be. Or... <laughs> yeah. Kevin Blackstone, where did this halftime rank? Could it be number one? Some are saying it's number one. Well, it was certainly the funkiest uh, uh, halftime performance I recall, but it also kind of struck me funky in an odoriferous way, right? Because here's here are all these rappers um, led there by Jay-Z, who said he's going to fix things in terms of social justice with this league. They have a huge discrimination lawsuit hanging over their head, and this kind of struck me as some sort of deodorizer uh, for all that's going on with this league right now. So I was a little bit queasy uh, kind of watching that performance. All right. Thank you. Good job, uh, D. Uh, that is Kevin Blackstone. And uh, first of all, I was just proud on a personal level that my dear friend uh, was, um, you know, featured on D.L. Hewley's Instagram page and Monroe. Hundreds and hundreds of responses. I would say two to one against Kevin. Yeah. from uh, various uh, rap or hip-hop fans, just outraged that he would dare in any way say anything remotely critical of their heroes. Uh, I, on the other hand, uh, love him even more for uh, speaking his mind and not being afraid to do it. And uh, he'll be on the show next week to uh, talk further about it. But uh, your thoughts 
on that. I know you watched yeah, the halftime I've, show. Go I've, ahead. I've, I've, I've read criticism similar to that on the internet. And, and, and I think I'm, I'm trying, um, Tiff, Tiffany Cross, who does a show, Black Woman does a show on MSNBC on, on Saturdays. She had a that for a subject, and somebody on her show was critical of it. Now, um, what when I was in college, a journalism student at Indiana University, I did a critique. Dave Dave Baker, who was the head of the jazz department, did did a um, a musical show where he featured a lot of opera and what have you in it. And I wrote a, for the Indiana Daily Student, I wrote a scathing review. And I was ostracized <laughs> by the black students for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks as a result of what I wrote. And in fact, I, I just, I sent it to Chaz uh, maybe a month ago. Chaz, Charles Elliott Ellison. Yeah. A guest on the show and a good friend of Monroe, a great right. jazz musician. Right. Go ahead. Right. And, um, he, he, Dave Baker was one of his mentors, and he loved Dave Baker, and so he gave me a non-committal response to it. So, so he was thirty-five, or more than that, fifty, almost fifty years later, it, it, it still doesn't make a lot of friends in the black community. So I, I understand where Kevin is going from, from, coming from. My personal opinion is um, I watched the show and it was okay. I mean, it, 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 drew, it, it drew a big number with all the fans it has, but I think there were too many stars involved in it. So it's everybody got about two minutes worth of performing and that didn't do much for me. Although I liked each and every one of the stars. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get down into a critique of the actual performances, here's the central issue that Kevin is raising. Uh, That halftime show that featured these legends of rap and hip-hop, such as Snoop Dogg, uh, Dr. Dre, uh, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, and I hope I didn't forget anybody else that was on that stage. Uh, That halftime show comes at a very critical moment in race relations with the NFL. It comes uh, a few weeks after Brian Flores filed a racial discrimination lawsuit against the NFL, uh, pointing out uh, Brian Flores, who'd just been fired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, pointing out there are so few black head coaches in the right. NFL, and that is basically a scam in which uh, they they give interviews to black uh, candidates for jobs without any attention of hiring them. They just want to, like, fill their obligation to interview a black man and then they hire the white guy. And so this is a very powerful lawsuit. I don't know if we got a chance to talk about it last week, Monroe. I can't yeah, remember. We, we did yeah. talk about it. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so what Kevin is saying is that effectively, whether it's their intention or not, those hip hop performers uh, uh, were used to cover up and camouflage this horrific history of discrimination against black coaches. And yeah. so that's his central complaint. So your thoughts about that? I think he was being contrarian. You know, this this is the situation. First of all, uh, these entertainers committed to this show long before this happened. 
with 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 um, the coach. And um, so contractually, they couldn't have um, dropped out of it without incredible expense. They would have been sued up the yin-yang. And the thing with hip-hop, rap, is that it is America's greatest export, a cultural export. It is American culture now. And so that influence and that power that these people have is um, if you weigh coach of a football team versus what they have done culturally, it's no comparison. Um, although, obviously, I'm, I've, I've been critical of um, the NFL not having black quarterbacks for longest. So the black coaches is another step. Although I find it very interesting that um, New Orleans um, hired Lovey. No, te- Texan, the Texans hired him. No, He's Texas hired him. Right, yeah. right, with one of those football teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, because I, lo- I, I love Lovey as a person. You know, I mm-hmm. met him when he was the head of the Bears. And um, he, he, I'm on the board of Gilda's Club. And we had the Bears as a sponsor one year. And he was there in a greeting line and what have you. And I, I shook hands with him and told him I wished him great success because um, Chicago winters were really long without the Bears continuing to play in the playoffs. And he says to me, I understand, I understand. Um, but he, 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 he obviously was dropped as a coach. Um, by the Bears, of the Bears. Then he went to Illinois, and he didn't have a winning record there. And so I was trying to figure out, of all the coaches to pick, to bring in, why would they bring in... uh, Bobby Smith? Yeah, yeah. Why would they bring him in? Well, all right, they're... Um, but, my, my, but maybe they brought him in because they, they need a tanking. I don't know. <laughs> well, see, it's a problem with the NFL, and this Brian yeah. Flores lawsuit, yeah, exactly. I, I've, we've talked about it, I wrote about it, I urge everybody to read it. Uh, I suspect that there's something uh, very uh, nefarious going yes. on in the NFL uh, when they hire a losing team hires a black man to be a coach, and then they tell that coach, uh, we want you to lose this year so that we get a better draft choice next year. And then as soon as they get a better draft choice and they get better players, they tell the coach, well, you had a losing record. We're going to fire you, which is effectively the accusation that Brian Flores is making in his lawsuit. Here's my thing. I, I... Kevin is getting ripped and now you're going to say, Oh, you're just defending your friend. Yeah. He's an old friend. And I would, uh, but I'm really happy he brought that subject up because I think that there's a, like allowing the, um, the NFL to celebrate having these, uh, great, uh, hip hop artists on their stage, uh, and using their influence and their celebrity and to deflect from the Brian Flores lawsuit. I think that's pretty funky as uh, Kevin said. Uh, And I think it's important that somebody be unafraid 
to stand up and call it for what it is. And Monroe, he's getting ripped by uh, hip hop fans who just cannot stand their heroes oh, yeah, that's in any way it. being criticized. And I'm like, what is the difference between that and uh, Joe Rogan lovers just rushing to celebrate Joe Rogan? Yeah, no, but that's you know that's how it goes. And and um, if you are a journalist, this is why I, I I started with my experience back in college. And I had another experience when I was writing the column for the Sun-Times back in the double aughts um, when um, when Imus did the nappy-headed hoes comment. Mm-hmm. About the, wrote, the women basketball team at Rutgers. Yeah, right, exactly. I mm-hmm. wrote a column on that at the time. And my position was they shouldn't fire Imus. What they should do is get a black woman as his number two person to put him in check at all time instead of having and normally my columns got 20 email response at the most this one got 680 some (laughs) uh, responses from all over the world literally and um, people who a lot of those people didn't know who I was at all of course and so they were accusing me of, of um, being a racist and what have you. And then some who do, do, did know that I was black was accusing me of being an Uncle Tom because of the position I took. You know, and, and, and my position was, I must will get another job. So what you should do is just hire somebody, uh, some black, strong black woman, uh, like Mary or somebody like that as his number two person, and they can play off of him and yeah. whip him in line when he did stuff wrong. And um, because the NAACP was against, I, I mean, everybody was all the civil rights organizations wanted I must fire. Um, you know, so, but that comes with, you can, and, and I would hope that your friend isn't, isn't um, recoiling from this or, or letting it influence him. But sometimes it. you have people you you upset. Yeah, no, I, uh, uh, I I I didn't. I actually haven't talked to him this uh, today, but I've been texting back and forth with him, and uh, he's he like he you started off by saying he's a contrarian. Kevin's used uh, to, he takes bold stands, and he's used to. Uh, now this was a contrarian. I'm not. I don't, I don't know if he, I don't know him. So I don't know if he is a contrarian. Oh no, this, this is a contrarian. Position. Yeah. Uh, no, he, he and, and he's like I said, he's used to it. So, but it, it's the the it's the equivalent of your Imus column because it really struck a nerve, and yeah. so many people are weighing in on it. Uh, Jamel Hill weighed in on it. I mean, just and and there's that knee jerk response to defend Jamel the Hill artist. Is this black woman who does comments for yeah, comments. she weighed in on. I mean, she, everyone, I, think, uh, I think she was on Tiffany's show. I think that's who okay. made that point on Tiffany's show. Yeah, uh, and. Um, and so I just had a you know a smile and like like I said Kevin's he he's uh, he's a grown man he's he can handle it you know he yeah. uh, so he's not hiding under a table or anything you know uh, uh, and in general Monroe um, I, your point is well taken you got to have thick skin if you're going to go into the opinion game people are going to come at you they're going to criticize you they're going to make fun of you i, I draw the line of threatening your family which right. uh, some people did uh to me you know the daily lovers that were mad at me back in the day 
Um, but uh, you just got to take the criticism. I think there's a lot of knee-jerk criticism out there, and people throw – we're going to get into Sarah Palin's lawsuit because I really want to talk about that. But people throw the, the concept of cancel culture out, and the same people who are just outraged when somebody they love is – quote unquote canceled are the first to want to cancel somebody else. I'm just right. saying that, right. you know, right. And, um, I like your opinion on Imus. I think you were absolutely right. I think I remembered a column by the way. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you know, what's funny is that Joe and Mika are basically what I was proposing, except with a white woman instead of a black woman. But when they, but she's the liberal at that time, and he was the conservative. And she, her job was to keep him in check. And she did it so well that they both left their spouses and married each other and got married. And it's been a loving couple since. Yeah, and, and I have, I'm ashamed. I don't think I've ever seen the show. Uh, Morning Joe. I've, I actually have seen and, and, uh, Micah or Mika. Did I, which one did I, did I butcher it? Mika. Mika, Mika. all right. As Brzezinski's daughter. All right. Uh, let's move on to Sarah Palin. Uh, Kevin will be on next week to defend himself or the, the few weeks from now. We're also going to be talking basketball. Okay, but to make make myself clear, yeah, I, 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 I'm not upset by what he, he said at all. Um, the, the one thing the one thing I want to point out is that each of those people have grand stages of their own and so they can criticize nfl tomorrow if they choose to do so and some will sooner or later criticize out of that five the nfl will get criticisms from somebody or several of those people yeah in in the future so um I, it's, 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 in other words, I don't think it's a great big deal. Well, I, I'm glad he took the opportunity to make the connection. I'm glad he did took that his spot uh, on a syndicated national show in front of a large audience. I'm glad D.L. Hewley posted it, uh, yeah. getting it out there. We're just getting yeah. that message out there because do not allow these uh, great performers uh, to be camouflaged for the NFL. And I think that's a very valid point. Yeah. Uh, and I say great performers, Monroe, I have to confess, you know this, I don't know any, I, I'm not a, don't listen to hip hop. I've been listening to new music since the late seventies. So I, I listen to hip hop because it's, 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 it's very lyrical. Or as, as Sterling Plump, the poet said to be uh, about, uh, about um, Jimi Hendrix. He's very literary. And, and, and hip hop, good hip hop, is very literary. It's poetry to noises and sounds and sometimes music. All right, let's move on to Sarah Palin. Really want to talk to you about Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin, of course, uh, the former governor of the state of Alaska, uh, former vice presidential candidate uh, on the John McCain ticket running against Barack Obama and Joe Biden in 2008. Trailblazer for Trump. What's that? Trailblazer for Trailblazer Trump. for Trump. She was Trump before Trump. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she fired up. She essentially le- gave that the current base, MAGA base. Well, uh, a, they, were a the tea, the tea, they were the Tea Party back then. Well, no, it wasn't even then. But when she first broke, there wasn't even a Tea Party. Think about it. Yeah. 2008, when she gave that speech at the yeah, Republican National Convention, there was no Tea Party. It was, yeah. whoa, Sarah Palin woke that nation. They're woke. You guys are woke. You like it, right. but you're woke. Right. Uh, and then they became the Tea Party in opposition of 
Obama. President. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, they merged. Now they're MAGA. And right. so she has sued the New York Times uh, in a, um, a, a defamation lawsuit uh, in which she takes issue uh, with an editorial they wrote, which wrongfully connected a shooting that took place uh, in um, 2011 where uh, a congressman was shot uh, in uh, Arizona to a uh, message to a, uh, that Sarah Palin's campaign put out. There was no correlation. They shouldn't have made the correlation. As soon as it was pointed out that there was no correlation, they backed off within 24 hours, I want to say, and wrote a correction. Yeah. Uh, she filed a defamation lawsuit anyway, and uh, she lost. The jury ruled against her. Uh, the judge uh, ruled against her, and she says she's going to uh, probably going to appeal. And Monroe, this is the part that really gets me. Sarah Palin goes on and on and MAGA goes on and on about cancel culture right. and liberals uh, whose feelings get hurt are so sensitive and thin skinned. Snowflakes. Snowflakes. Yeah. And how dare you say that and then file a freaking defamation lawsuit against the New York Times? It's like, what? First of all, they pulled back. They said they were wrong. They apologized, which is more than Donald Trump has ever done. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Right. Twitter guy before they kicked him off. So Monroe, again, I feel compelled to say that this entire cancel culture accusation against the left is the big, one of the most fraudulent issues of our time. Do you agree uh, with me? It's, it's fraudulent, it's hypocritical, and it's effective for their crowd. They're throwing red meat to their crowd every every chance because it it keeps them fired up, so that um, yeah, it, the Republican Party has become so horrible that uh, they they need to go the way of the Whigs. <laughs> they need. <laughs> Well, I hope they do in this next election. By the way, I just got a text uh, from Jackie Alger. She says she's waiting for her uh, invitation. So it's on the way, Jackie. It's on the way. Um, yeah, I, I, what bothers me, I suppose, is how cancel culture as a concept, uh, the Republicans, MAGA, and the right have been successful in this way. They brainwashed America. I can't say this enough. They've brainwashed America so that liberals. 40% of America. No, but you listen to like Bill Marshall. He's going, he's going on and on about. Bill, 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 Bill is, I don't even have Bill in the liberal category column anymore. He really? is, yeah. I, mean, I, I watch him and I've seen his slow decline as a liberal. And and that's part of part of why he does what he's doing now is because he got canceled back when he had this show on ABC. Um, um, what was it called? Um, politically Incorrect. Yeah, politically Incorrect. Mm -hmm. And he got canceled for that. So he's very sensitive about that. But a lot of stuff he has just been um, not liberal on. Now he's not a he's not a conservative. He's just, uh, but I but but I've canceled his liberal car. Okay, time out. So uh, I guess he wants to be viewed not as a liberal, not as a conservative. Uh, I don't even know if he would want your what you call contrarian label. Uh, yeah. I think what he wants to be viewed as, uh, and I get this from watching 
clips of his show yeah. uh, is a man of principle and that he has certain principles that he's going to stick to no matter who he offends. Uh, so that's what the concept of political incorrect is, that you're going to speak your mind no matter who you offend. Uh, and what I'm saying is that when you speak your mind uh, on the issue of cancel culture without pointing out that the right is the one changing laws, literally, right. change, I don't know any lefty changing a law. Right. We'll get into San Francisco in a little bit. I don't know any lefty changing a law that makes it illegal to teach uh, history. You get what I'm saying? Like the well, right. They're, they're back into book burning. The right is. They're back into book burning, literally book, book burning. Uh, they, they made uh, Mouse a bestseller again because, yeah. because of, uh, of their opposition to it. Yeah. So that's why that's my problem is that when the, when a concept, when the right uh, puts out a concept and and then the, it becomes like acceptable parlance in our country. You know what I'm saying? That I'm like, wow, you guys just pushed the argument to the right. You've successfully shifted. Oh, yeah. Now, if you look at the vaccine, that's that's a problem. They politicized it and uh, people are dying as a result of that politicization and they're prolonging the pandemic because of that politicalization, but they don't care. All right. Now, before I bring uh, Jackie Algie on, I know she's got a lot to say. Monroe, I have to ask you about what went down in San Francisco yesterday. Uh, The city of San Francisco had a recall election, Uh, democracy in in, in, in process, folks. I believe I'm doing it off the top of my head because I don't have this story in front of me, Monroe. 70% of the voters voted to recall three school board members, uh, who, and they thought they'd gone too far, right. too far in the direction of, quote-unquote, political correctness. And then there was also the issue of uh, who gets in uh, into a selective enrollment school. Uh, and uh, this was strong vote coming out of uh, the Chinese. They, they liberalized that, too. <laughs> Who they liberal the the board of the, the board yeah. got kicked off. They they liberalized that by trying to uh, make it more inclusive. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Yeah, my I know it's so funny to think. Man, I would not have gotten into any selective enrollment school anywhere in the country. Right. Uh, I had my issues with school, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Monroe. I got to ask you before we bring Jackie on. What? do you think that vote says about where the democratic party is going on these various issues? Because San Francisco is very much a democratic city and 70% voted against the school board saying they had gone too far in the direction of political correctness, wanted to change the name of the, of a school that was named for Abraham Lincoln. Uh, your thoughts, Monroe. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that, um, their um, liberals gone wild, but you have to you have to you have to be strategic about this stuff. You know, you, you can you can believe that you can think it, but there, the, the parents in San Francisco were more concerned about their children being in school because them being out for nearly two years uh, was causing you know the kids were depressed. It was it stymied socialization, and so the name of a school, you know, it's sort of like if your house is on fire, and um, you, 
you 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 want to make sure that your favorite vase or something gets out. You know, I mean, you have to prioritize. Yeah. And at this time and in this right now where we are, the left has to be a lot more strategic and communicate a lot better than we're doing. I think uh, I agree with that point. Priorities are very important. And, and I'd like to hear what Jackie has to say. Oh, Jackie, I've just got yeah. a lot to say about a lot of things. We're going to bring her on. The pride <laughs> and joy of SEIU Healthcare. And a uh, dear friend of this show, a sponsor of this show. So, Monroe, I'm going to sit up straight when Jackie talks. Uh, all right, Jackie, welcome back, Cotter, uh, to our show. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Happy 2022 to all of you. Um, ben and I have spoke briefly, but Monroe, this is our first time speaking or seeing each other this year that I know of, and so it's good to see your face yeah, and you certainly too, yeah. hear your, your voice and your words of wisdom, man. You you bring it every time. I, I just, you know, I can listen to you all day because you, you you know what to say. Yeah, he, he you missed an earlier conversation, uh, Jackie. Monroe was uh, really he was telling it like he sees it on the issue of the Super Bowl halftime show. But we're not going to go back to that conversation. Uh, I do would like you to get your thoughts before uh, we get into the issues that you really want to talk about. But when Monroe was saying the need for the left to be a little more strategic. So in San Francisco, uh, the mm -hmm. parents and the, the students and the teachers in San Francisco are really struggling with the issue. When do you want to open up a school? When do you close a school? What metrics do you adopt? Do you have masks, et cetera, and so forth? Mm -hmm. And the school board is talking about changing the name of a school uh, from Abraham Lincoln because they don't like a school name for Abraham Lincoln. And Monroe's point is that, come on, left, sometimes you got to put that stuff behind you and be strategic focused and know where your people are for goodness mm -hmm. sakes. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise they'll turn against you. Uh, mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on this issue, Jack? No, I think he's absolutely right. Uh, we we uh, had a meeting on last night and one of the things that was said that just struck me, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's the time we're in. And that's what I heard Monroe speaking to as well. We're in a um, time of pandemic politics, you know, which, which can be broad, right? People are reacting as people do to whatever's going on. And some of this stuff has existed for a long time, right? But because yeah. we've been on lockdown, um, people are not necessarily thinking about it like they should and reacting to it the way they should not be, right? To your point, uh, Monroe, we got, we got almost a million people who have died in this country because people just, you know, wanted to exercise their rights of privilege and so forth. It, it's like, wait a minute, what world are we living in? What country is this that you don't give a care about somebody else's life, your children's and anybody else? You don't care because you want it your way. I mean, I'm tired of wearing masks too, but guess what? I'm going to keep wearing them. Yeah. For me and the people that I care about and those that I don't even know because I care about them anyway. <laughs> they're people. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, with this mass thing, Tom Freeman, the, the journalist um, who a lot of people may recognize in that he said that the right wants freedom without responsibility. That's it. 
you know, That's so it's, I bet they'd want to be free to wear their, their not wear a mask and, mm-hmm. and get other, uh, some of us others sick. Mm-hmm. But they don't mm-hmm. want the responsibility that um, to protect those mm-hmm. of us who might have underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's, uh, it's, it's, but it's just the politics are really screwed up right now. They are very screwed up. And so when you, you know, your focus is changing a name. Now I've got, I, you know, can have some issues about that name as well. Yeah. But what else is more important for you to be thinking about doing right now? Right. For your schools, for your, and, and more importantly, for your, but for the students who occupy those seats, you know, for me, it's like this whole issue that we have had and still continue to have with mask wearing and the fight against and the pushback against it. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I, 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 I have issue with it because I want people to, and this is what I was thinking at first. I really want people to think about our kids first. Right. Oh, what a concept. <laughs> can we can we just a right? <laughs> and leave and leave all those titles, the entitlement that you got through vote or whatever. Leave it at the door and come to the table and do the best thing for our children. Yeah. And, and I would say that some of the folk that are out there protesting just think too about the examples and what you're modeling to your kids that this is the way you respond to, you know, what is quote unquote law or what is mandated at this time. It's not permanent, hopefully, but uh, to your point too, Monroe, think about other people. All right. Now, uh, Jackie, I know you want to talk about a housing bill and the poor people's campaign. And before we get into that, I just have to throw this one out. I haven't had a chance to talk to Monroe about this. Uh, and I'd love to get his thoughts and your thoughts as well, Jackie. So, uh, by chance, I was on the uh, T.B. Buchanan show uh, and um, yesterday on uh, WVON. That's how Jackie heard me. It was great, uh, by the way. Thank you. God bless you, Jackie. Uh, and Kimberly. Uh, and um, so we were talking about uh, what else? Patrick Daly Thompson. And uh, the weird thing, Monroe, that I was fixated on, and I admit it's kind of weird, but it just shows where I'm at, was a quote. Uh, in the Sun-Times, I imagine mentioned this on the show yesterday, from a juror uh, in the case who's 30 years old and from the suburbs. Right. And she said, before this trial, Monroe Anderson, you got to hear this to believe this. Before this trial, she had never heard of the Daly family. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I was like, well, think about it, Ben. Go think ahead. about it. When you said that yesterday, think about it, hey. 30 years old. So he's been out of office how long? Uh, Baby Daly, the second one you're talking about? Baby Daly was left office in 2011. Okay. So that's that's 11 years ago. So she was 21 years years old. No, she's 30. She was 19. Okay, 19. 19. And how many 19-year-olds are paying attention to politics? You're right. I got. You know what? You're right. Well, the difference is, I'm not. I'm putting myself out there because when I was 19, I was utterly obsessed with all things politics. Well, Ben, you're the exception, not the rule. Right. Exactly. Right. Monroe, you were the same way. Don't act like we. I was aware of racial politics, not politics. Yeah. Because 
Um, at that, I mean, I knew, you know, I knew about Kennedy. I mean, I knew some things. I was aware of this. But well, actually, at 19 is, is when um, Stokely yelled Black Power. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. I became really involved with that. At that time, yeah, but, but I would the, say the same similar to me, Monroe. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. But you know, but the the ins and outs. I mean, I was the first. I, I think I've said this before on your show. I'm not sure, but I was the first black reporter from a major newspaper to cover City Hall in Chicago. Wow. Isn't that wild, Jackie? Yeah. That's, that yeah. was recent. Re- yeah. Re- Re- Harold Washington. Yeah. It took Harold getting elected. Pretty, oh, you exactly. Know, like, oh, so they put a black no guy reason, in there. Yeah, there was no reason for me to pay attention to politics um, mm-hmm. very closely because it had nothing to do with my life. Racial politics. No. But, okay, but Jackie, you got to know something. There's no way Monroe Anderson would not know who Daly was because in 1968, when he was a baby, he got hit in the head by Daly's police covering the Democratic National yeah. Convention. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have uh, the, the dubious distinction of being one of the first journalists beaten by the Chicago police. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows all about Daly. Right. And, also, and also, when I first I, when I moved here in 70. Two to work at Ebony. I was living in Prairie Shores. Oh yeah, and and, 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 and um, I was going to vote for the mayor's race. Um, Newman or New Newton, the the black guy. I can't remember his name now. Richard Newhouse. 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 Yeah. Newhouse I was one daily. Yeah, and I was going to mm-hmm. vote for Newhouse, mm-hmm. and I had been stricken off the rolls, so I had to go downtown. Wow, and, and re-register, make wow. sure that it's, it's to establish my uh, residency before I could vote. But I was so pissed off because they struck me. Wow. You know, this was Daly's machine at work. Yeah, they knew they knew oh, you were a Newhouse really? voter. <laughs> yeah, he listen, and and Senator Newhouse, I worked for him for several years. Uh, so much mad love for him. Just yeah. and then yeah, no, he was, he was a good yeah. guy. He was a great guy. A lot of guts. Yeah. Richard Newhouse from Hyde Park, a great state That's senator right. for many years. Uh, all right, Jackie, let's hear about, uh, first of all, let's start with the Poor People's Campaign. Uh, explain okay. to people what that is all about. Yeah, so Poor People's Campaign, you know, is a revival of the campaign that Dr. King started uh, right before his assassination. And uh, so uh, Reverend Barber and um, Reverend Liz have, have uh, revived it, and it's amazing it's in over 40 states now um around the country and uh, doing some awesome awesome things you know where we bring how, how, how does the campaign bring I, I like to brag on this by the way uh 2.1 million people together on zoom <laughs> for 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 a mass meeting right and and so that just speaks to the organizing of this uh, campaign in the last several years. But what we're doing now and preparing for is a mass march on Washington, um, uh, June 18th. And that's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, we want to fill the city, you know, no room left for anybody. If you're not in, you're, you're out. So <laughs> we look forward and, and, and it is, really is is speaking directly to reconstruction you know the third reconstruction we got to get this thing right we have got to in our generation 
those yeah. of us that are conscious and here and, and thinking as we should be strategically, <laughs> got to get this thing right for those of us that are here now and those who can you hold it. I got to take this real quick. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Just put it on hold. Well, don't don't talk on the mic. <laughs> uh, I'll just keep this one in, Dennis. Uh, this is so fun. There we um, go. All right, you're back. Go ahead, Jackie. Um, and and for for us here now, but but uh, more specifically for the generations to come, right? We got to get it right. Yeah. All right, you now, know. Uh, Dr. King's original Poor People's Campaign, and Monroe knows this because by this time he was following politics. Uh, was unique uh, in that it took the civil rights movement into a different direction. So follow me in this, Jackie. Uh, in the early 60s, the civil rights movement was about uh, eradicating Jim Crow laws. So you can't make mm -hmm. black people sit at the back of the bus. You can't refuse a black person uh, service mm -hmm. at a diner. Uh, you, you can't ref keep a black person from voting. Dr. Mm -hmm. King took it in a different direction with the Poor People's Campaign, economic mm -hmm. justice issues. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like basic salary needs, uh, minimum wage requirements, health care for all. I mean, it's he was Bernie Sanders before there was Bernie Sanders. He was mm -hmm. talking about just like mm -hmm. the most basic elementary fundamental human mm -hmm. needs mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. our country should be championing. Uh, and I believe mm -hmm. that plus his turn against the Vietnam War is doomed him jackie i do believe that that's why uh i shouldn't go too conspiratorial that's what doomed him is what there, all i'll there say is a conspiracy going there somewhere yeah and i don't want to go there yeah, i really it, don't it, yeah i but when he took especially yeah, but his death killed the poor people's movement at that time that's yeah. why it's good to see it's back but i oh I it's yeah, but I can remember I was working at Ebony at the time when they had the the, the, the poor people's um, gathering in D.C. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one of my fellow editors wrote about it, and he talked about how um, people were out there, in the, the leaders were out there in the mud with their Stacey Adams on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, 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 and the point was, was that these guys were... Yeah of the people at that time. Yeah. They had moved right. on because of the successes that had occurred mm -hmm. already in the movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what are some of the specific issues? I talked about what uh, Dr. King was advocating back in 68, Jackie. What are some of the specific issues uh, that uh, this year's Poor People's Movement will be advocating? Oh, well, it's not just this year. It's been going on for the last five years. Uh, we've been organizing and um, housing, you know, we're, we're talking about equity, equal justice for all, equal justice for all, because what we know is poor peoples or the concept of poor peoples is not excluded to a particular race, right? So we have impacted people of all races and genders, et cetera, that are part of this movement, as it should be. Because that's the only way it's going to change. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't just be one group doing it and, and it's going to all of a sudden. No, he, uh, well, what, what Reagan did was he put a black face on poverty. Yeah. Which, right. which, which turned white folks away from it because they didn't exactly. want to be 
Exactly. And if you see the, today's version of, of Poor People's Campaign, you'll see something altogether different in yeah. that it's so inclusive. You know, we got uh, our Indian brothers and sisters that still live on the, you know, uh, you know, are within their tribes or uh, tribunal. Um, the reservation. Uh, reservations, et cetera. And so, you know, you got people that represent the the one point nine million people that classify, if you would, as of poor or less income. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're talking about housing. We're talking about health. Everything is equity. Housing, uh, uh, health, um, jobs and wages, um, incarceration, incarceration, militarism, you know, um, and certainly the environment. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that we've been working on, and let me just say this real quickly because I mentioned it to you, uh, Ben, earlier, and that is um, the general iron issue. You know, you're familiar with the general iron issue and <laughs> man, please. Okay. So it's okay to, 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 to dress up Lincoln yards and have it be the premier of the city now. Right. Mm-hmm. And take all that pollution and all that poisoning of the environment and just go on, you know, just cause they just black and brown people. Who cares about that? Right. Okay. You know, it, General Irons was literally a block and a half from my house. Wow. And the the neighbors complained about the dust. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. neighborhood, I've lived here since 77, and the neighborhood okay. has dramatically changed since then. They, there's yeah, one course. street that's yeah. even a little closer to General Irons, Maud Street, where it was mm-hmm. all black. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 years ago, because that's where the people who work for the rich white people, the, the, the black people who work for rich white people, had this mm-hmm. one st- block, it was a couple of blocks, mm-hmm. where they lived in, in mm-hmm. Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. And um, they, are, they were chased out. The Tribune did a story maybe five or six years ago on the last black family on Mott Street and how they yeah. harangued them to, to run, run them out. Yeah. 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 And and so but these people they literally ran General Iron out of Lincoln Park. Yeah, but don't run them to 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 a community that's already right. All right. So just so I'm gonna fill in some of the details. General Iron is a facility that a metal crushing facility that existed on the north side of Chicago, not far from where Monroe lived in Lincoln Park, uh, for years and years and years. Uh, the area was rapidly gentrifying. Uh, it had completely gentrified, except for a strip of industrial uh, facilities along the Chicago River in the far west edge of uh, Lincoln Park during the Rahm Emanuel administration. The city of Chicago basically said, enough, we got to get the industry out of there so we can complete the gentrification. And to facilitate that deal uh, and to take care of their cronies, they pushed through something called the Lincoln Yards TIF, which I railed against for <laughs> forever and lost, as I generally lose on matters of TIFs in the city of Chicago. And uh, part of that deal, just in terms of the larger development of the area, is they had to move General Iron, that metal crushing facility, somewhere Get it out of the way, because if you really want to give the, the highest value to an upscale residential area, you can't have a metal crushing facility in a minute in the middle of it with trucks rumbling through. So when they go, hey, boss, let's just put it in the southeast side. Uh, right. 
So they just sent it over to the southeast side of Chicago uh, in a uh, working class mixed neighborhood. And they go, well, took care of that. Uh, And what they were stunned by is that the residents of the area, Jackie Algae, uh, organized against it. Uh, and pointed oh, yeah. out the obvious uh, contradiction that if you don't think this thing is good enough for the north side of Chicago, what makes I, you think it's good enough side. for the southeast side of Chicago? Now the side. city's reaction is habita, habita, habita. And they hired uh, uh, some consulting firm, I guess, to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're mm-hmm. going to come up with a report. To uh, mm-hmm. My guess is that report, Jackie Algie, and you can accuse me of being cynical and jaded, that report will somehow or other uh, make it seem that there's no great health hazard to putting on the southeast side because it, <laughs> they don't want to. This deal has already been cut, Jackie. You know how it goes in Chicago. Know, so, uh, but they, let they, me they, tell you something. We, they were pointing we, out we, jobs. We, we, yeah. uh-huh. I'm sorry. What did they say, Monroe? They bring jobs. That's what they were. The, the papers got. Yeah, work. well. Let yeah. me just tell you, we got the evidence to prove that different. We yeah. did get them to stay. They couldn't come in. I mean, you know, they've been still kind of putting their thing together, but they can't open um, because it's at a standstill right now. And we got national at- attention and support. So I don't know that it's going to just, you know, be no cakewalk, uh, Ben. I yeah. think that. Um, there's been enough attention given to it that, you know, and keep in mind, what are we in? We're in election time, election season. People want to do, you know, we're talking, I heard you all were talking about that yesterday. You know, whose side are you on, Lori? You know, kind of stuff. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Yes. Uh, it will be yeah. interesting to see how it plays out. And you're absolutely correct uh, when you pointed that one out, Jackie. And, you, and you're and I have I must acknowledge that we are in an election season. Lori Lightfoot is running for re-election, uh, and she does <laughs> she needs votes on the southeast side wherever she can get That's them. Right. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It looks like Arnie Duncan, for the very least, is going to run against her. Uh, it does. And, Yes, it does. That should be interesting. (laughs) Oh, man, watching that one. All right. Since you mentioned elections, I have to bring Mm -hmm. this up. Uh, Jackie and I briefly talked about this yesterday. Uh, Monroe and I know has a lot to say about this. Uh, Since the last time we were on the show, Monroe, uh, Ken Griffin, the richest man in the state of Illinois, who we uh, fondly and happily and and, uh, good naturedly call Kenny G on this show, uh, not to be confused with great sax player Kenny G, uh, different Kenny G. And uh, don't tell Charles Ellison Ellison I said that. Uh, But anyway, uh, Kenny G kicked in $20 million. That's $20 million, ladies and gentlemen, to the campaign coffers. I want Richard Irvin, a man that nobody in the state of Illinois I ever heard of before Kenny G said you are my guy I'm running you against Pritzker and he picked up the mayor of uh, Aurora and uh, gave him 20 million dollars and now he's at the front of the line in the Republican uh, primary to uh, win their opportunity to go against J.B. Pritzker I have so much to say on this matter but I'm gonna let my distinguished guests speak their minds before I weigh in so I'll start with you Monroe $20 million to Richard Irvin. This Kenny G saying, uh, I'm giving you $20 million. If he gives him $20 million, Monroe, what do you think he expects for his investment? Oh, he, 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 he expects law and order. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he expects uh, 
to be for rich white men to be protected and taken care of. He expects for um, the the mayor of Aurora to become the I made it. You better watch your words, Monroe. <laughs> to be his house Negro. I'll put it that way. Uh, uh, as I find myself saying more and more on Wednesdays, the views and opinions of Monroe Anderson do not necessarily reflect those of the Ben Jarosky show. All right, continue, Monroe. Yeah, right, no, you... he's by, he, 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 you know, the thing with these super rich white men is that they're super rich and what they say goes, they get their way. Um, they seldom have, ever have any opposition. And so they expect things, they use their money to make things go like they want them to be. And they, they do it over and over. You see it around the world. It's, just, it's not just here. But, you know, why be rich if you can't get what you want with the money you have? Jackie, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, you said it at the beginning we do not have enough time to discuss this in the way that all the things that I think about this I am not surprised let me say this first uh, something that you and I touched on a little bit uh, briefly yesterday was issue based and the issue is safety the issue is violence the issue is um to, to uh, Monroe's point, you know, I want to be, not only does the white man want to be safe, he wants his white woman to be safe as well. Don't leave that out. So oh, we yeah. want to make sure, we yeah. want to make sure right. that whomever this group is that might be, you know, praying us or coming down on us or planning to do something, don't bring it here, you know, and we need somebody that looks like them, <laughs> If they're if if they're saying if their message, which is what I'm getting, is that this is a black issue or or um, black and brown or people of color issue, and we need people that look like them to be the messengers and say we're gonna fix this and you don't have to worry about it because we got we got you we got this taken care of. Guess what? First of all, it's not just black and brown that are doing this stuff out here. That's the first thing, but they don't talk about that. Monroe knows it better. And I know you do too, Ben, because both of you have, you know, you're in media, you know media, you know how things are projected and what's reported, right? They, it, it, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that everybody wants to be safe. You're not the only one that wants to be right. safe. You know, so that's, that's an issue that can be concerning because it could, it could get some folk to either um, vote on your side, Mr. G, or not vote at all. And either case, that's a problem. That presents a problem. Yeah, I, uh, and yeah, just to I make don't it, think, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to fly in the black community. At all, I just I, I I you know just like when they brought in Alan Keyes to run against yeah. Obama, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, um, those who don't know us think that we vote color, 
Uh, and, right. and we vote, we, we vote for our self-interest. And if the per, the person there is color, if, he's, right. if, he's, if it's Clarence Thomas, he's not right. going to be a fan. He's right? not going to. He's not going to be a fan, a fan, you know. I mean, we we like people who take our interests to heart, and and it's and color doesn't have anything to do with that. No, you're absolutely right, and so that's why I say, you know, um, we all want the we want the same thing. Not we all, but we want yeah. the same thing. Right? right. We want safe schools, safe communities. I want my mother to be able to sit on her deck and enjoy a cup of tea or whatever the case may be. Right. We all want that. Right. But to your point, Monroe, and I do agree with you on this, is that, you know, they've done this in the past. They've always tried to put the menstrual in the mix and it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Back in the civil rights movement, they tried exactly. to make Roy Wilkins the civil That's rights right. leader instead of Dr. That's King because right. they figured they could That's control right. him better. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and it could it could do a flip on them because keep in mind, we got a big movement a big movement and some of it is underground and some is, is, you know, where everybody can see it and hear it of, of young people who are really, really fighting against police brutality and all of this whole, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, profiling and everything else that goes along with that. And they associate or could associate that with him and that whole, you know, campaign, if you would. So you're right. It might just do a flip on them, which is, hey, would be a wonderful. <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, it, it won't take much uh, to educate that uh, uh, segment of the of the political uh, sector that you were just talking about, Jackie, because in his own commercials, uh, Richard Rivers says, all lives matter. And when you utter all lives matter, that is in itself, mm-hmm. as innocuous as it sounds, Jackie, is a political statement. It's, mm-hmm. it's, as Monroe would say, it's uh, a dog whistle. It's mm-hmm. it's beyond the dog whistle, uh, Monroe. It's like a truck horn or something blast because mm-hmm. that's saying uh, I am not with Black Lives Matter. That's what that's what mm-hmm. he's saying, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's you like, like the Blue Lives Matter movement. Right. <laughs> That they talk about, and you know what, what's wrong with the blue lives matter. Of course, is that a, a, a man could take his blue suit off, and he's just a man. Uh, a black man cannot take his black skin off and become That's right. just a man. That's right. So we're targets That's at right. all right. times. That's right. Well, and the other point uh, is that I just want to—I really have to make this clear. Uh, Ken Griffin, who gave $20 million uh, to uh, Richard Irvin, is the same Ken Griffin who spent, I believe, Jackie, $50 million fighting the fair tax. And the fair tax was an initiative that would erase the tax rates on the wealthiest people in the state of Illinois, meaning the Ken Griffins of Illinois, so that you could have uh, people like me and Monroe, two broke-ass journalists, not have to pay so much in taxes. Uh, and so, Jackie, the reality is all those initiatives that you were talking about, that Reverend Barber is going to lead people to Washington on, on June 18th for the Poor People's Campaign are funded, funded by the taxpayers. So if if you want 
if you want a health care program or if you want a fortified social security program or if you want your police policing your street, you got to pay for it with tax dollars. And when you take away the ability to, to tax the richest people to the highest level, you make it that much harder, Jackie. Do you understand what I'm saying? To finance these programs. So at some point, Richard Irvin is going to have to confront that reality. Uh, probably he'll duck and dodge it until he gets into a debate with Pritzker. But I think there's some fundamental equity issues also at stake here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right about that. Sorry, I've been following um, Reverend Barber for more than five years now, and I am very mm -hmm. impressed with him on every every level. And therefore, I I don't think that um, Urban is going to be able to stand up against that What's move? What's moving now? That Jackie's talking mm -hmm. about what they're trying to do. I don't think mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's going to be able to withstand it. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe uh, Jackie can use her influence to get Reverend Barber on the show, Monroe, with you and me and Reverend Barber. That would. Be you know what? And and it's funny you mentioned that, Ben, because I thought about that uh, last night. Not just for your show, but for Kim's too. So I'm going to be working on that. Uh, all right. I um, yes. I would love that. And I know Kim really would love that, too. And Atiba's like, yeah, I want him, too. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I also wanted to talk about, before we head out the door, the first congressional district race. Uh, and uh, that, of course, uh, is the the, uh, the race to succeed uh, Bobby Rush, Congressman Bobby Rush, who has uh, been the congressman since 1993, I want to say. Uh, he's stepping down. He's not running for re-election. Uh, Jonathan Jackson announced he was running f uh, in that campaign. And he, of course, is uh, Reverend Jesse Lewis Jackson's one of his sons. So the Jackson name goes a long way, Monroe. Uh, and when I heard that, my instinctive reaction was this man is now the front runner uh, because the legacy of the Jackson name means a lot in yeah. the city of Chicago. That's my initial thought. What was your initial thought when you saw that Jonathan Jackson was running uh, for Bobby Rush's seat? Right. You know, I, I, I know Jonathan. I like Jonathan. I, you know, I know, I know, I know Jesse Jr. And I, mm -hmm. I like him. Um, I'm not, their father has a, a mixed perception. You know, uh, what is that statement about the the the, uh, the Pharaoh is um, more worshipped abroad than he is at home or something? I, I can't. I, that's not right, but that's the concept. Jesse is not that popular here. Now, I mean, he's not unpopular, but I'm not sure how much value his name is, especially after Junior screwing it up a little bit and his wife. So I I don't know. I don't. I, I, we'll see if Bobby has enough strength to um, usher this. He, didn't he name a woman? I, I, well, he and he had Dorsik, uh, yeah. Karen, yeah. And yeah, uh, I don't know how much his endorsement is going to mean or not mean? Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. I mean, Bobby has street cred, obviously, but I don't know whether that yeah. transfers or not. Jackie, any initial thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm like Monroe. I know the family. I work a lot with them, have high respect and regard for them. And, and certainly, you know, so much that they've done abroad as well here, too, that I'm aware of uh, and have worked with them on. Um, I, um, I think Jonathan has a good chance. Um, I, I do agree with you, Ben, that the name recognition will help 
him in uh, some ways because they're, you know, and, and I know what Monroe's talking about because I know about that too. I have people, you know, in my family, in my life, in my network who have mixed emotions about the, the family or the family name and, and Reverend. But um, I think all that said, when you look at the other candidates, which there are some in this that are in that pool that I have deep respect for, and um, you know, and and feel that they could they're very qualified and could very just as well um, be in that position. Um, but I, you know, I'm not I'm not sure, you know, because because he's gonna Jonathan's gonna get it get support from a few places or could get support from a few places and people that could um, make a difference, you know, and I'm not just speaking from a financial perspective. I'm, I'm speaking the, the, the group or the group of people that go along with the name. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. No, uh, Reverend Jackson has a lot of chits that he could, could call in. You know, and, I, okay. and, 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 and he has no problem calling them in. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know exactly. And, and Jackie, I, I, Jackie, right, right, <laughs> right, exactly, right. And I, I know, I, I know, and like John, Jackson. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I got to say this, uh, Monroe and Jackie. I this is uh, like a a testament to how old I'm getting. And I was uh, biased against uh, Reverend Jackson by the coverage when I was a kid that he received, uh, particularly from Mike Royko and other journalists in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And white people have, like, we really struggle with Reverend Jack Jackson. It's kind of scary. You know what I mean? And, um, like he's demanding things. White people don't like it when black people demand things. Right. It's just a fact, Jackie. I'm just speaking, telling you. you know. <laughs> and they get all nervous. Why does he always have to demand things? And uh, and I have found I've struggled with this my entire life. But you're not my therapist here, so I'm not going to seek your assistance. But I have discovered as the years go by. I like Jesse Lewis Jackson more and more. And it's just because he's still in the fight. The guy can barely speak sometimes. He talks. I can't understand him, Jackie. But it's like he's still standing. He's still there. He was with the teachers. Just, I mean, like, he walked with Karen Lewis in 2012. The rest of the city was hiding under a table. So, you know, so I, 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 I maybe put, you're, you know, Monroe, you're right. The Jackson name cuts two ways, it's like the Daly name, tying the yeah. conversation together. Uh, Bill yeah. Daly didn't do so well in the last mayoral election. I, a lot of people say, "Oh, but people see the name Daly, they'll just vote for it." Well, Chicagoans proved us wrong. When I, I was, I think I may have been one of the people saying that. And uh, so maybe you're right, Monroe. You could be right on this one, and I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, when I'm not right or wrong. I'm, I'm saying I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm yeah. saying. It could or it could yeah. not. Yeah, I, I, yeah. we'll see. I, uh, yeah. But I know what you're saying, uh, Jackie. We had about Reverend Jackson. Uh, he is not shy when it comes to asking for assistance. We no. had him. He came to the hideout to talk of our political talk show at the hideout. Uh, and it was a room filled with white liberals. 
Okay. I don't uh-huh. think there was a black person in the audience. Maybe there was a few. I don't know. And yeah. Reverend Jackson got up there and he did his spiel. And then it, all of a sudden he started doing, uh, passing that literally like passing the hat. I'm like, oh, I know. I <laughs> yeah, know. Right. right. I know. That's that that Southern Baptist uh, preacher stuff in him that he can't, you know, is going to be in him all his life. That's right. That's what. Right. And I covered when I was at the Tribune for at least three years, I covered Push every Saturday. Yeah. That's what I did. I mean, yeah. to the point where I knew I could I could give Jesse's speech for him. I <laughs> he would say the same thing week right. after week, right. except he changed right. maybe ten percent of it. Uh, and yeah. each week, ten percent would get changed. So ten weeks out, it'd be sort of a new speech, but it wasn't yeah. automatically a new speech. And he also he had this thing where he planted he had these plants in the audience where he would say. Who could give a hundred dollars? Oh yeah, oh, please. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the then, church mode. That's yeah, the right, church exactly, mode. Right, yeah. exactly. That. Who could give fifty? You know, so right. by the time it's just you. And just, you, you feel bad if you don't get up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you feel bad if you don't get up. You gotta get up, yeah. and you gotta get up before it gets down to five. Right. Right. Exactly. Get. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and then they yeah don't give uh, money that clinks when it falls into the hat or the yeah, bucket. Right, right, I want right, to hear right. money that you can't don't hear when you put it in the. Yeah, that, right. that's, that's Reverend Ike. Uh, yeah, you know, that's Reverend Ike. In there, it makes oh, me nervous please. in the service. Oh, uh, please. <laughs> so uh, I, I had a I, I had an uncle who turned and became a minister at some point in his life. And he, he, had, he had moved to Detroit. He came back to Gary, and he did a sermon. And he, he started off right after the sermon was over. He started off with, I want some yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want some money. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. All right, so uh, you know we're going to head out the door. Monroe and I are going to a Bulls game tonight, Jackie. So we got to get uh, ready for oh, a Bulls yeah. game. Yeah, yeah hey, we're Bulls going to a Bulls game. On fire, man! Y'all should enjoy that. Yeah, yeah so Ben has ben, assured me that they're going to win. That's why I'm going because I'm the best. I mean, that's what they've been doing, right? Yeah, yeah they've been. Yeah, they won four in a row. It reminds me of the days of Michael. I'm yes. Is, uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan is, wow, he's putting on a show, yeah. and I love that man. And the rookie from Chicago, uh, Io, he's he's doing a great Io. job, too. Um, yeah. But, Jack, you know, I was, uh, I was neglectful when you were talking. So before we leave, uh, anybody who wants to get any information about the, the Poor People's March or the June uh, gathering in Washington, can you recommend a site they go to or uh, any place they can go for information if they want to join, if, I don't know, contribute money, uh, whatever. Uh, what can they do? Yeah, www.illinoispoorpeoplescampaign.org. All right, very good, Jackie. It's been too long. It's great having you Three back things. on the show. No, you got, you know, you didn't get my bills. Yes, I, I gotta come back to that. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, you have to come on for that. Uh, and uh, Monroe. Uh, every Wednesday, uh, it's always a blast talking to you, and I'll see you in about two hours, right? Uh, when I pick you up. Yeah, okay. So, uh, All right. Okay. Ready. You guys enjoy. 
enjoy, enjoy, and be safe. We will. Jackie, it was nice, it was nice being on with you. Very All nice. Right. You too, dude. I look forward to us getting together again. Same right. time, same place, and with the same man. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, Jackie Algy, Monroe Anderson, and I want to well, thank you. the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as Monroe and Jackie will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it yeah. out of petty cash. <laughs> See you tomorrow, everybody. See ya.